Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go. Indie Game Business. What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and the handsome gentleman next to me right there with the lovely beanie in the freezing cold, that's Mr. Jay Powell from Powell Group Consulting, and this is Indie Game Business. And today, we're going to be talking about how to be fully prepared for your next meeting with your publisher. Maybe it's the first meeting, maybe it's your next meeting, but we've got some answers for you, and I'm sure you got some questions. So Jay's got some tips and tricks and all the good stuff that you need to know. Take it away, I Jay. I actually have my first emails this week on people asking me if I will be at GDC. And I said, yes. I'm just still not quite ready to deal with idiots on airplanes yet and thinking about dealing with idiots on airplanes yet. So uh, obviously, we've got our next event coming up december 1st through 3rd so if you are looking for a publisher to our developer friends out there um drop us a note get you a ticket we've already got like 40 or 50 games that are queued up in the showcase there that publishers to be looking at and so that's why we wanted to do this um and, and so what we're going to go over today it, it's yes of course it's pertinent for you know our event but it's also for for everybody's event you know you get a limited amount of time when you go in and you start talking to um to these publishers in a meeting and so you want to make sure you've got like you know all your shit together so um we're going to start out, I'll go over some high level stuff and then we're going to jump right into questions. So if you are out there listening and you have questions, either drop them in the chat wherever you are on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or Discord. what have you, or yeah. pop them over in the uh, podcast questions on the Discord server and we'll get them answered. So a lot of what you have to do when you're getting prepared for these meetings is basically homework, do some research, make sure that, you know, the publishers that you are reaching out to for a meeting and the ones that you are accepting meeting requests from are, you know, a good fit for your game. And, and the easiest way to do that is just go look at their website. Do they make games similar to yours? And that's going to be the, the first step for you. There are uh, certain things that every publisher is going to want to see when they you know sit down in that meeting and we cover a lot of this stuff when we do pitch deck reviews and all that sort of stuff but you know from the basics it's like what's your budget what platforms are you going to be on how long is it going to take you to get it out there what are the unique selling points what puts your game you know ahead or makes it stand out from other games that are similar in the genre um 
and you get all that stuff ready and that's a big chunk of the base. So when you are in the meeting and there's an article that Arthur posted from uh, the creator of self loss about, you know, his experience in dealing, dealing with publishers. And it's, it's an interesting read if you haven't seen it because I, it was new to me. Let me pop it over in the chat. Uh, and so I'll, we're going to go through some of that stuff too. Uh, let's see. There you go. Um, so to get started, you know, a couple of things that jumped out to me in this article uh, that I just accidentally clicked off of. There we go. Uh, you know, one of his first comments is, you know, for indies to survive in the modern world, the visuals must be top quality. Uh, you should have individuality. A soul should shine through. Everything has to be so cute. You almost want to touch it. That is news to a lot of folks, honestly, because they are so used to the rule for years of publishers don't care what the demo looks like. They just want to you know, see the gameplay and, and make sure it's fun. And that's not remotely even the case anymore. You know, if that game isn't, you know, standing out and it's eye catching from the get go, then there's not going to be a ton of interest in it. Um, especially today in the industry, when you've got so many of these publishers looking at, you know, anywhere from 50 to hundred games a week. Um, the pitchy game session that Liam and his team just ran a couple of weeks ago on Twitter had over a thousand game pitches in one day on it. So there are a lot of companies out there. There's a lot of people, you know, vying for that attention. You've really got to have something catching the publisher's eye in the first, you know, eight seconds, basically. And that's going to run anything from cover art. Well, what we want to call cover art, you know, your graphic up front, your title screen. That's a good one. Uh, all the way through to the actual gameplay demo. We sent the we sent all the publishers that we know an email this morning about our upcoming event and some of the games that were showcased in it. And you know, we went through and picked the games that had the most appealing looking cover art on it to send it out there because that's what's going to get everybody's attention. You really do have to make sure that part's polished now, or you're you're going to lose them right off the bat. You may never even get the meeting in the first place. Um, so one of the next points that they bring out is, uh, you know, and he calls out a lot of companies. I'm not going to call them out directly. Uh, if you want to know who he's talking about, just pop over to that link. Uh, says, you know, one of the big complaints is, you know, there was no feedback from them. I think it's just good manners when a publisher, even a small one, gives you at least one page of feedback if they have asked you for a demo. That's interesting, one, because later in the... <laughs> article he talks about when a lot of publishers were reaching out to them he didn't turn them down he just he says it's not like i expressly say no i just stop answering which is kind of the exact thing that he was just complaining about from the publishers but you know we see this you can't expect to hear back from everybody that you talk to and, and you're not going to get a whole lot of feedback and, and there's several questions i mean there's several reasons for that out there one with the volume of, you know, games coming into a lot of these companies, they don't have the bandwidth to reply to each one of them, even if they wanted to. The other reason is 
the minute a publisher replies and says, I don't, we didn't like your game because of X, Y, Z. They basically open themselves up uh, to an argument from the developer. And, and I've seen this happen countless times. It's like, you know, we didn't think that it stood out enough in you know, the unique selling points or the combat wasn't engaging enough. And then you just get in an email conversation with the developer. And yes, sometimes it works out really well and they can explain it, but generally publishers aren't going to do that because, you know, it's already out of their green light meeting. They've already gone past it that they don't want to, it's not something they want to open up for discussion. Uh, one of our publisher clients, we do scouting for, you know, several publishers and, and helping them find games and, part of the frustrating thing that you know we deal with and that the publishers deal with is when we do find games we reach out to the developer we don't hear anything from them and one of the publishers made a comment for me it's like it's just annoying how these developers never get back to you and i just started laughing and i'm like and how many of the developers that have sent y'all stuff have you responded to directly and you know that's just the reality our internal metric is roughly 30 to 35 percent of the publishers that you reach out to will give you even an answer to the email you know it's not something that th they're always going to get back to you and if you follow up with them and you've got you know we talk about this when we do our you know podcasts or our webinars on, on how to find a publisher if you've got your your crm or if you're using a crm that lets you track to see how many times an email is open that's a wonderful way of seeing okay, are they even looking at it or am I not hearing back from this publisher because they're never actually getting the email? Um, but if you can see that they're opening it and they're not responding to it and they're not responding to a follow-up, chances are they're not interested. You, you really just need to you know, get up and, and move on. Um, one of the, the next ones is that they, they did give me feedback, but it was basic. Like we didn't find some of the aspects of the game particularly engaging. Best to rework them. The thing is, they didn't even specify what these moments were or how they thought they needed to be reworked. Again, you know, it's, it's because a lot of these publishers don't want to get into, you know, a big argument or, you know, a deep, long conversation about why they don't like stuff. Some people like stuff, some people don't. That's just the reality of it. So it's really important when you're sitting down in these meetings, you know, it's, it's easy to do it if you're, if you're, you know, at a live event. Um, if you're on a video call and you're in a virtual event, if you've got a camera, you can, you know, pretty easily sit down and, and you know, get a feed on, are they engaged? I mean, ch just check their body language. You know, is it something that you're keeping them engaged and they're excited about and they're leaning in towards you and they're, they're asking a lot of questions or are they just kind of out there? One of the things that you don't want to do is sit down, pull up your slide deck, and then start reading the entire thing to you know the person you're meeting with. It, it takes longer and you're not really giving them any information that's not already on the screen. The publishers are gonna go back and you know, you'll send them the slide deck and the demo after the event. They're gonna have a chance to look at it. Use your time in these meetings to really focus in on going beyond what's just on a, on a slide deck, you know, going into detail, playing the game a little bit, 
talking through what they're seeing in a video, that sort of stuff. The um, what you absolutely don't want to do is is go in there and say, you know, just completely tune them out, and then twenty minutes into the meeting, their eyes are just glazed over and, and they have no, you know, no no interest in the game at all. So keep that in mind when you're going and you're sitting down, you're doing these meetings, you know, like you, this publisher is most likely been sitting through these things all day long. You know, we'll have conferences where we end up having 36, you know, 40 meetings, something like that. And yeah, it's draining. That's just the reality of it. So you want to make sure that you're keeping, you know, the person you're meeting with engaged to, you know, build off of that, you know, down the road. Uh, We had a, so bread on, on the server, I guess it was like a couple of years ago, you know, had an issue where you know his laptop was down at one of the conferences and he wouldn't be able to show the demo. And I said, don't worry about showing the demo. I said, sit down and, and talk to the publisher, have a just engaging conversation with them, get to know them a little bit more on the personal side. Don't completely stress out on whether or not the demo is going to work or not. If the demo does work, great. But if it doesn't, don't worry about it. You know, everybody's going to have a chance to play it later. It's best to, you know, in that situation and, or if you just choose not to take a demo at all, it's best to basically use that time to get to know the publisher, build a meaningful personal connection. And that's going to help you down the road a lot. And, you know, ask a lot of the questions about what they do and how they do it. And, you know, what they've seen working in the market, what they haven't seen working, all of that sort of stuff. Um, one of the next points that he brings up is, you know, don't be afraid to ask a publisher for revenue forecast, sales figures, copies, what, are, you know, what do they expect? When do they expect it? He goes on to say the publishers like all games are different. So of course all games are different, but the publisher is not prepared to offer at least a rough estimate of the minimum and maximum possible outcome. Then apparently they simply do not want to talk about those numbers and it immediately alerted me. And that's true. You know, the publisher shouldn't necessarily be expected to give you exact forecasting, but if they're interested enough to be having the meeting with you, they should have an idea on what the spectrum is going to look like. You know, do they expect this thing to sell 5,000 copies? Do they expect it to sell 500? That sort of stuff. You've really got to be able to get in and get their sense of it because all of this is going to come back when you sit down and you start trying to figure out who you're going to work with and who you aren't going to work with, get a, ask for a sample revenue share document. Most publishers will, will send that to you. I mean, because you want to know if you're getting a 50, 50 rev share, what is that 50, 50 of, is it of net receipts? How is the net receipts defined? You want to make sure that, you know, it's not going to have deductions out the wazoo and you're never going to get much, you know, 50% of $10 isn't necessarily as good as whatever it's analytics, <laughs> just, just, whatever it's cold and I haven't had enough coffee. Um, but you, the bottom line is you want to get into the specifics and the details on exactly how much they're looking to raise. Ask them how much they're going to spend in marketing. You know, we've got one of our publisher clients will sit down in the proposal and absolutely say, this is the amount of money we're going to spend on marketing, both internal and external to give the 
developer an idea of you know how much they're going to get behind the game that's always something key you you don't want to fall into i don't want to say trap but you know situation that a lot of developers do i see so many companies that the minute a publisher shows interest in the game they're so excited and they jump and sign the deal and that's not necessarily always the best case scenario you, there's a lot of options out there. You know, we're, we track close to 700 publishers right now. There's more people out there than you're probably thinking about. And there's lately like one or two different publishers being announced every single week. So there's a lot of options and you want to make sure that you're getting all the information that you need in order to, you know, make that decision. Um, all right. How are we doing on... We got any questions yet? Because I feel like I have been no questions that. yet. We got some about ready to pop up, though. I see it. It's about <laughs> ready to come up. I see it. So, just general stuff for a lot of these meetings. Like I said, make sure that you've got a a demo ready. You want your pitch deck to be ideally. 10, 12 slides. Don't sit down and, and do like a 20, 30 slide pitch deck because that's another one of those situations where you're just absolutely going to lose people across the board when you do that. Um, go through it, ask them questions, you know, get them engaged, see what they're thinking about on the game. When you're putting that video together, you want to make sure that it's showing a variety of different things and it's edited basically because what you don't want to do is sit down and say okay we got 25 minutes here i'm going to show you 25 minutes of straight gameplay like somebody's you know streaming it on, on twitch or something there needs to be a a variety in there much like the pitch deck you want to make sure that everything in that video is showing off the depth of your game and all those unique selling points. And if your game is really early, because I've seen this on, on several pitches lately, you get excited about it. You look at the video and you're like, oh my word, this just doesn't look good. But the developer has right there in like a little watermark. So it's early prototype footage. Putting that simple watermark in there makes the world a difference because the publisher doesn't know, are they looking at something that's beta stage? Is this placeholder art? You know, what, you know, stage is the game at? That makes a huge amount of difference. And, and it's one of those things that you should always be upfront with, you know, is this the graphics that they can expect towards the end of the, I mean, towards the end of the development cycle, or is this something that you're just getting started on? Uh, so make sure you call that out as well when you're doing this. Um, on the, on the sense of you know which publishers are worth working for with there are we did a whole session a week ago two weeks ago indy on you know how to know if you're dealing with a, a scammy a shady publisher um, but a lot of the reaction comes down to making sure you do that research beforehand make sure you talk to other developers uh you know that have worked with them that sort of stuff uh and go from there you know, we talked to developers who were like, yeah, I signed with XYZ Publisher because a friend of ours signed with them and, you know, they had a good experience working with them. That's always your 
best option for learning about these companies is, you know, finding out who worked with them in the past, you know, how well did that relationship go, all of that sort of stuff. So ideally, when we go into a meeting on behalf of one of our clients, or even if it's a meeting at a conference for, you know, us internally, we always have a, a cheat sheet, basically. And at physical conferences, we'll take and we'll print these meeting sheets out beforehand. So you go in and you've got it. And it has all of the questions that you want to ask that publisher or that company right there in the meeting. So in virtual meetings, we've started using Notion internally. We use it for a lot of stuff. And we, we have a straight up template for meeting notes. It's like, this is the questions that we always want to ask, make sure it's in. that way you don't forget because conferences are chaotic. You're going to absolutely forget to ask things. You, you want to wish you could go back and do it later. If you go into each meeting with, you know, a piece of paper printed out or, you know, a notepad up on the desktop. So you make sure you're covering all your points. It's going to pay off exponentially because one, it's going to help you remember to follow up with them. But two, you know, throughout the course of the meeting that things are getting answered. Indie Game Business has one of the longest running digital event series in the gaming industry with hundreds of publishers, investors, developers, and tech companies to meet with. All the sessions are always free to watch forever, and you can get a free pass to receive all the slide decks from all those speakers. The tickets for meetings start just at $50. Go to IndieGame.Business and use the code IGBPODCAST to get 20% off your ticket. All right. Um, we got some questions. We got one yep. from Artur in Discord here. I'll post that up on the screen. Um, I wonder about revenue projections. When publisher projections look too high, should this worry me? And then the rest of the question is, his, he did his own market research, and he knows how median revenue for similar games look without out ears, and publisher numbers look really optimistic. Their marketing costs also looks pretty high, but they are okay if revenue estimation would materialize. So one on the marketing cost, high is better. I mean, marketing, a good marketing campaign does cost a lot of money. Even a bare bones indie, indie publisher marketing campaign should be well in excess of $150,000, $200,000. That's not unusual. Um, high revenue projections Yes, they could be, you know, very confident in the game. But at the same time, you, you have to remember that a high projection on a spreadsheet that's delivered to you as the developer is going to show a higher, you know, revenue share for you in the end. So absolutely do your own homework and look at it. Do you know if that publisher has a history of publishing stuff, you know, in that genre that are similar to your games? You would like to assume that 
what they're looking at is pretty accurate. But yes, always double check it on Steam. But keep in mind that, you know, that publisher, you know, if they're getting to the stage where they're giving you revenue projections, they're interested in the game. And they know that other people are interested in the game as well. And so they want you to get excited about what they could potentially do. And one way to do that is to say, yeah, we think we're going to sell however many units. And it's, you know, it's probably higher than you may be thinking because when they give you that number and it's like, this is the number, this is the amount of money you're going to get 50% of. That end result looks bigger. That's going to make you go, oh, wow. It's like, I want to work with these guys because that's what they think they're going to be able to do. The reality is projecting sales is not easy. I mean, even for companies that do this all the time, there are rough estimations that you can put out there. And most publishers in their PL sheet, and just, you know, FYI, they're probably not going to send you their actual PL sheet, their, their profit and loss sheet, because that's confidential internally and, and they're just, they're just not, but they may send you that, that revenue projection sheet. It's typically going to have a low medium and a high number. The medium is what you should be looking at. The low is, okay, this is damn near worst case scenario. And the high is, okay, look, if this thing just hits and it takes off, this is what we're going to, you know, look at seeing, but you want to, be able to have that confidence in the publisher that they know what they're talking about and that, you know, it's going to be accurate across the board. But yes, you should also very much double check those numbers and just, you know, like we say, do a sanity check on them. You're not going to get, you know, a lot of comparables on console because those numbers are kept pretty close to the vest by the platform holders. But you can go and look at, you know, things like Steam Spy or, or VGN sites and things like that to get an idea. Yeah, there's guesstimations from looking at stuff at Steam Spy, right? Okay, we got a couple questions from Swaggy Show. I'll do the first or the last one, the second one first. Do you have that resource for the meeting note template you were talking about that you could share for Notion? Yeah, I can actually, I mean, it's not shareable right now, but if you, yeah, I can put that somewhere. Come on into the Discord, discord.gg slash indie game business. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I will, I'll put that together. Um, wait, ah, ha, 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 hold on. He got excited over no. <laughs> Patrick's <laughs> listening in. Patrick. Patrick, can you pull that, our meeting notes thing and just put it in a Google doc and message me about it so I don't forget. Um, thank you very much. And Swaggy, Patrick. come on into the discord and discord.gg slash indie game business. There's a bunch of other resources in there too, as well. So here's the other question. Is it a good idea to note if you have other publishers interested, if it helps another publisher with their own numbers and what you might be asking for? For instance, if you want more than one offer, could you mention what is on the table to a different publisher? <laughs> you can. That, th this is the part where we start playing mind games with, with the negotiation. Oh, wait, pull that back up, Dan. Okay. Um, so one, it's safe to assume that from the publisher standpoint, that publisher should be safely assuming that, you know, there are more publishers interested in, in talking to you because chances are they saw the game on Twitter or, you know, next fest or something in a very public light. 
unless you're just having super early stage conversations with with a publisher, the assumption is yes, they're going to, you know, they they should expect there to be other people involved. Do you want to start throwing out numbers? This is when this, this is when the negotiation game starts playing. You can, but you just have to realize that you need to be very careful about how you do it. Uh, you don't want to make something up because if you blow up a deal, you don't, and you absolutely don't want to say, oh, okay, I'm talking to Annapurna, and but Raw Fury offered me this much money. Don't do that. They know each other. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, yes. We all know. <laughs> um, They're, everybody's all friends. <laughs> all the publishers are all friends and they talk and hang out at the things and like, yeah, don't. And, and plus the publishers are looking at a hundred other games and they're like, okay, go with them then. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's very liable to happen. You know, they look at it and they're like, okay, well, you got other people interested and I don't want to get in a bidding war on this game. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'll just go to this next one on my list. Um, you can absolutely use the fact that you have other publishers interested in there. What the way I tend to phrase it is if a publisher comes to us and says, we're going to, we're offering you 50% of rev share and $500,000. You don't necessarily want to go back and say, well, this other company has offered me this because then you start getting into bidding wars can be good, but they have to be handled properly. It's better to say something along the lines of, that's, I appreciate that offer, but these terms are more in the line of what we're expecting and we're looking for. Mm. And when you define these terms, that should be based on some of the other, you know, things that you've had come in. Uh, but no, don't, and don't sit back on your heels and get all cocky because you have one company interested in one company. Not. No deal is done until the contract is actually signed. You could absolutely be discussing deal terms with a publisher and one thing leads to another. And then all of a sudden they're like, eh, well, no, we're not interested, but you've already like ostracized another three or four because you're like, well, we have an offer on the table. So yeah, long answer, short answer is, Yes, it's absolutely fine to, you know, let them know that other people are interested, but don't name names and be very careful how you handle those situations. Basically, what it's like is imagine that you're Luke Skywalker on the Millennium Falcon and you just shot one ship and you, hey, I killed him. And Jay is Han Solo and he looks back and he says, don't get cocky, kid. Exactly. <laughs> what will happen, is, and I see this like absolutely all the time, publishers are going to come in and they're going to legitimately or you know, not legitimately be very excited about your game. You simply can't read that as excitement as, you know, purebred interest and you're going to get a deal. This is why we always say, you know, it doesn't matter. People are always like, how's the conference going? It's like, it doesn't matter. Everybody at every conference is always interested in every game. That's just the reality. It's what happens two weeks after that conference that actually matters. So yeah, just be careful. Don't get cocky, kid. All right, here is a question from FM Productions. How do you communicate if the project, <laughs> excuse me, is not quite on the track to meet certain milestones, like complications in the team, external factors, or wrong resource estimations? 
Ouch. Oh, all right, so we're we're getting into serious shit now. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not messing around. Wait, dude, leave, leave it up there because I can't. Okay. See. Um, because yeah, I am not remotely following chat right now. So I got you in these situations. Honesty is the best policy, and it is always much better to identify issues that are coming up as they come up versus waiting two months and then going, oh yeah, by the way. Uh, the example I've talked about in the past is this actually happened, you know, to me, we had a project we were doing development for the producer on the project. I was executive producing the producer on the project was basically rubber stamping, you know, milestones and not truthfully tracking whether or not they, you know, were happening. And we sent Ouch. like the final, it was either beta or gold master off to the publisher. And the publisher was like, we're not paying for this milestone because there's no multiplayer in there. And I'm like, what do you mean? There's no, there's no multiplayer in there. And I looked at the producer and I'm like, why is there no multiplayer in this game when it was supposed to have multiplayer in it? And he's like, oh, well, the, the, the team that we're working with wasn't able to do that. And I'm like, and so when did you inform, when did you find out about this? And when did you inform the publisher about this? And, it, you know, it, it was basically a clusterfuck. Um, and it, it's one of those situations where these <laughs> things come good. up, you know, it, it's not, not like every project is ever perfectly on time and perfectly on budget. And I absolutely laugh every time, you know, I hear that it's like, yeah, we're going to make all of our games are on time and on budget bullshit. You know, that's just, that doesn't happen unless you're making a web game that has like no complexity, what to, you know, whatsoever at it, all projects have, you know, bumps in the road. The important thing is to let people know when it is happening and, you know, just be upfront and, and talk through it because there's a good chance that, you know, the publisher has a, a, a way to help you get through it anyway it's in everybody's best interest that the game you know gets out on time you know the number one thing that a publisher wants to know when they are signing a game isn't necessarily how many copies it's going to sell or you know how many levels it's going to have in it or or whatever the number one thing they want to know is is this game actually going to ship because if it's not going to ship none of the rest of that stuff's going to happen so you always want to be, you know, as clear and upfront about it as possible, explain the situation and work with your publisher to get, to get through it. It's, it's not the end of the world. I promise you every project has it. All right. Because that's part of the thing is they're there to help you. And uh, if they use you know, some things, they probably know some people that can help you. All right. Here's a question from discord from B dubs. How much of a marketing campaign should be in mention should be mentioned in the pitch? Would it be better to have one mapped out and have a built up community fan base? All right. So are you talking about your pitch to the publisher or the publisher's pitch to you? Um, the, the thing to keep in mind, and this is, this is a common mistake that we see in, in pitches and in pitch decks from developers you don't need to include a marketing budget and a complete marketing plan when you're pitching a game to the publisher. That's their job. They're the ones that are supposed to be doing that. They're the ones that are the expert at it. 
if you are an expert and you've shipped multiple games and you know exactly how the marketing campaign needs to be run and all that sort of stuff, then you may not even need a publisher. Um, but if you've never published it and you don't have that specific expertise, then yes, you do need a publisher. You don't put a marketing budget in there either. Again, that's the publisher. So we, I see a lot of you know pitch decks and they'll say, okay, we need a million dollars. And when it starts breaking down into what's what in that million dollar budget, it'll be, okay, well, 300,000 of this is for marketing. Okay, take that out. Then your actual budget is $700,000 because the publisher is in charge of that marketing budget. On the community side, that is important. You know, you want to be able to show the publisher in that pitch that, you know, you have been working to build a community for it, that there is a desire for this game. So you absolutely want to include numbers on, you know, how many followers you have on, on Twitter, how many wish lists you have, how big is your Discord. The publisher is going to find that out anyway. It's one of the very first things that we look at when we're doing shouting. It's not necessarily the end all be all of it, but a two if if two games come in and they're fairly equal in the fact that you know the publisher interest you know, if one of them already has a solid community built up and the other one doesn't they're going to go with the one that already has the community that's a much better base to build the entire marketing campaign around so yes you want to be growing your community but no, you don't need to outline the entire marketing plan for your game in a pitch deck to the publisher. That's their job. Now, from the other side, yes, a marketing plan from the publisher when you're evaluating whether or not you want to work with them is a perfectly reasonable ask. What are you going to execute? What are the ways that you normally market these games? What are you going to spend? Those are all very good questions to ask the publisher. All right, here we go. From Thomas T. Means Handy Hardyman. Heard you mention 150K and up for marketing. Does this include social media? If it doesn't, what exactly is the money paying for? So, yes, that includes social media. Social media ads. Um, that the publisher is generally going to have either an internal marketing and PR team or an external marketing and PR team that'll be doing things like, you know, press releases and, and talking to influencers and you know, ads and all of that sort of stuff. And that's something that you should absolutely ask for too. You know, if you're going to be spending $150,000 on marketing my money, how is that money allocated? That's the same as them asking you, if we are investing $150,000 in your game, how is your game, you know, how is that allocated on your side? Perfectly fair to ask the very same question back to them. So it will, what they're, budget will typically include is internal cost for people that they have internally, um, whether that's influencer relations or community management or whatever, you know, there is a cost associated with that. Um, then yeah, money for, you know, paying influencers or buying social media ads, all of that sort of stuff. Um, that's going to be, that needs to be outlined in there as well. Uh, and then I had another point in there that I completely lost, but yeah, um, it's, it's going to cover several, <laughs> it's going to cover several things, uh, but you're perfectly legitimate in asking, you know, exactly what is this going to, to cover? There is an argument 
for and against, okay, should they be recouping the cost of their own staff? That's a case by case basis. It's, you know, it's one of those things that ideally no, but at the same time, you're technically recruiting, you know, recouping the cost of your staff as well. So take that as one of those, maybe, maybe not. It depends. In the, it depends. Yeah. In the publisher proposal, more than likely it will say like, you know, marketing budget, social media, da, 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 da. it'll say what it includes. Right. They're not going to just like say it's a marketing budget and then you pay for it. And then afterwards, well, that didn't pay for this or this or this because, you know, um, well, because we used to see publishers do this all the time and they, and they, it's not nearly as prevalent now as it used to be, you know, back in the retail days, but, you know, they would say, okay, well, we're including our cost to go to E3 in the marketing budget. It's like, wait a minute, you're going to be at E3 with like five other games. Why are you billing me for this? You know, that's a, you know, that's a, a cost thing. on your side that, you know, you, you have to look at and you have to factor in. Mm. Okay. David Kelichek, I hope I said that name right, from uh, link, LinkedIn. So you mentioned game prototype video and how it should show interesting aspects of the game. What if we're working on management and narrative focused style game and it's hard to show action in that video? Uh, very good question. Um, right. <laughs> I was just texting my wife to see um, who was picking up our son. And it's apparently make, make me. Sure, make sure you pitch that to the correct publisher, right? The, well, yeah, that, all right, so that's one thing. And yes, it is hard to show action in a, a, a management or a narrative style game. One of the things that I would recommend is take a look at other trailers for your type of genre. Management, it's a little easier because you can show all the different levels of detail and all the different things that you're managing, and there's a lot of variety in there. Um, narrative is sometimes a little harder. Um, especially like if it's a visual novel, your most of your action is going to be, you know, kind of the same throughout. But what you want to do in that case is make sure that you're showing off a, a variety of characters, a variety of situations, a variety of backgrounds. What you don't want is, you know, five minutes of looking at the same basic screen with two the same two people talking. And basically the only action you're getting in there at all is, okay, there's text scrolling. So in the event that you don't necessarily have action to show, show variety, show this is what, you know, your soccer team may look like at level one or early in the game. And then this is what your whole facility and everything looks like at the end. It's, it's variation in those situations, not necessarily action. All right. Scary robot games. Pros cons of going public with the game or keeping it under wraps until the publisher can come on board and do the public launch. Every publisher is different. <laughs> what, what's the answer, Dan? It, it depends. It, it depends. <laughs> um, so if you go back and listen to this show three years ago, the advice that I'm going to give you is different. Uh, and it's probably different two years ago and, and, and last year as well. What we currently recommend is in steam per, you know example it's okay to have a wish list page that is just taking wish lists the minute you drop into early access and you start charging you know customers for it you're going to lose about 50 percent of your publisher options 
there are a bunch of publishers out there that only want to look at something that no one has seen before and it has had no marketing whatsoever. Uh, and there's a bunch of publishers out there that don't want to look at anything that doesn't already have you know, a community built behind it. You can't go wrong building your community. That's going to either pay off in terms of you know, getting publisher interest or worst case scenario, if you have to self-publish, you know, you've got a community built up there. The difference gets into when you start dealing with, are you selling it to consumers already? Because that's when a lot of publishers will look at it and go, okay, you've already launched the game, even though it's early access, that counts as a launch. And we can't control the marketing narrative. And so, you know, we're not interested. Um, that that's the main difference in it. There aren't that many publishers out there that are going to legitimately be targets for your game that want something that no one has ever heard of before. They're, you know, this day and age, they're accustomed to a game being announced or there being some traction on Twitter or something along those lines. I would simply caution you against releasing it to early access and actually starting to sell it until you have a publisher. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.